Good morning. It's Wednesday, January 19th. I'm Duarte Geraldino. And I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. This week marks one year since President Biden took office. And one of his main challenges has been overseeing the American response to the pandemic. NPR spoke with medical experts to evaluate how the administration has done so far on this front. Their scorecard looks at everything from expanding testing to reopening schools to vaccinations. First, let's talk about masks. There's news out just this morning. The Biden administration plans to give away 400 million N95 masks. They'll be available free at pharmacies and health centers across the country. The president recently stressed the importance of masking up. I know we all wish that we could finally be done with wearing masks. I get it. But they're they're a really important tool to stop the spread, especially of a highly transmittable Omicron variant. So please, please wear the mask. One health expert NPR spoke to says it's good the federal government mandated masks where it could, like airplanes and trains. But overall, the messages and guidelines on masks have been inconsistent. Next, let's look at testing. That's been in the news this week, too. The administration's record on testing has been a mixed bag, but with some positive steps recently. Yesterday, a U.S. government website allowing people to order free at-home COVID tests went live. People can get up to four free tests per household. The Biden administration also recently made moves so that some home tests we pay for will be covered by insurance. And while these are significant steps... Experts say there were a lot of missed opportunities to do more testing sooner. The experts NPR spoke to say on the vaccination front, there's been strong success. So far, 75% of the U.S. population got at least one shot. Half a billion doses were administered during Biden's first year in office. Convincing the 60 million unvaccinated people to get their shots? Well, that's a whole nother story. And NYU epidemiologist Dr. Celine Gounder is critical of the U.S. She told NPR, Washington hasn't done enough to get vaccines to low-income countries. We clearly have not vaccinated the world. We have missed, you know, multiple deadlines set by the WHO for vaccination targets. There's also been a lot of pressure to keep schools and businesses open. One health expert says the U.S. has done this fairly well. Many of those issues are decided at state and local levels, though, not by the Biden administration. It did change the government recommendations on quarantining as a way to help with worker shortages. But its move to require vaccinations for many workers was blocked by the Supreme Court. As for the future of the pandemic, one expert told NPR it may be time for a 9-11 style commission, a nonpartisan effort that reports on what's gone right and what's gone wrong. This is in order to be ready for the next pandemic. New York's attorney general says there is evidence Donald Trump and his company falsely valued assets in order to get loans and tax deductions. The Wall Street Journal breaks down what's in new court filings. The AG included these findings in papers asking a judge to order Trump and two of his children, Ivanka and Don Jr., to comply with subpoenas in a civil case. The journal didn't immediately reach Trump's lawyers for comment. The family has asked the judge to quash the subpoenas or put them on hold until a parallel criminal case is over. 
The AG's papers were filed just ahead of a midnight deadline to respond to Trump's legal team. You can find more coverage of this story throughout the day on the Apple News app. Today, wireless carriers are rolling out expanded 5G service that could eventually make smartphone downloads more than 10 times faster. But this rollout has been delayed and changed a lot of times because of an unusual fight between wireless companies and the airline industry. The Federal Aviation Administration and major airlines have argued that the new 5G service could interfere with critical flight safety gear. That interference, they say, could cause flights to be delayed or canceled. A few flights have already been canceled. Recode reporter Rebecca Heilwell helps us zoom in on this little piece of technology at the center of such a big dispute. The FAA, which regulates flights across the country, as you may know, has been expressing concern about how 5G might affect a piece of airplane hardware called an altimeter. So this device is particularly useful when You know, pilots are landing in low visibility conditions, and it essentially bounces signals towards the ground to help measure where a plane is in relation to the ground when you can't visibly see it. It has a lot of different purposes, really important. AT&T and Verizon spent tens of billions of dollars to get these expanded services ready, and they agreed to delay them a while back when the airline industry raised some concerns. Things got tense earlier this week when airlines asked Biden to intervene. Now, Heilweil says the FAA has a track record of being cautious about new technologies. But still, this has been pretty aggravating for these telecom companies. We've known 5G has been coming for quite some time. This is not new. And I think that there's some frustration with the FAA from the cellular providers, the companies hoping to expand FG. Like, why wasn't this thought about earlier, like, you know, people have been talking about this and evaluating it and thinking it's safe and the FAA is sort of catching up now, it seems. Finally, yesterday, a deal was made. Verizon and AT&T agreed to delay the expansion of 5G service within two miles of certain airports. So you might notice your phone working faster in the days ahead, but maybe not at the airport just yet. on in the pandemic, there were a lot of jokes about whether lockdown couples would end up having more kids. As you probably know, the opposite happened in America. In 2020, the U.S. fertility rate hit its lowest point ever, and many other countries also saw drops. But something very different happened in Nordic countries. They've maintained their birth rates through the pandemic, and some have seen births go way up. National Geographic has this story. At one point last year, Iceland had 16.5% more births than before the pandemic. This was such a huge and unexpected jump that maternity wards were packed. There were so many babies coming. Deliveries were overflowing into the ER. Midwives in their 70s were pulled out of retirement. In Finland, the birth rate was also up by 7%. Now, this uptick in birth rates bucks the conventional wisdom. In uncertain economic times, like during a recession or a pandemic— Experts would expect to see birth rates drop. That happened with COVID. France saw the fewest babies born since World War II. But for some reason, several Nordic countries are an outlier. And there is a precedent for this. Nat Geo points out that in the 1990s, Finland went through a recession, but birth rates still ticked up. 
The same happened in Iceland in the aftermath of the Great Recession in 2008. Though Iceland's economy was one of the worst hit, more babies were also born. Okay, so you're so curious now. You're dying to know why, right? Well, there isn't a clear-cut reason why Nordic countries ended up having more babies during times of economic hardship. But a leading theory has a lot to do with the social safety net. These countries offer some of the most generous paid family leave policies in the world. And the theory goes, people in these countries know that even during hard economic times— The state has their back with parental benefits, which makes it easier for them to think about growing their family. As one Icelandic demographer told Nat Geo, crisis seems to be good for fertility. Take the Icelandic woman in this piece. She's a biologist and she was 38 years old with two teen daughters. Lockdown hit and suddenly the whole family was spending lots of time together. She enjoyed the family time so much that she decided to try for another baby. And in March of last year, she had twins. And those adorable babies added two more data points to the mystery of how Nordic parents managed to defy a global trend. You know how a kid's smile is just so enchanting? Well, it seems those baby teeth may be able to tell us a lot about our health and even our past. Vox speaks to a woman whose field is psychiatric epidemiology, but it's easier to think of her as the science tooth fairy. Her name is Erin Dunn, and people donate baby teeth to her, and she uses x-rays and CT scans to study them and look out for certain health markers. Now, it's going to help to think about your teeth like trees. Just as tree rings provide a record of growth, our teeth have a lot to reveal about us. Studies have found markers in teeth which can show signs of exposure to toxins, and they can last a long time. Researchers were able to determine that a Neanderthal child was exposed to lead by analyzing the child's teeth. And our teeth may even reveal mental stress. We know that trauma, like abuse and neglect, can leave markings on the brain. Now scientists are looking into whether studying people's teeth may help us understand what they've been through. That could help diagnose children better and get them the mental health support they need. As one researcher puts it, your body keeps a memory and knows the truth. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And when you're in the app, keep listening to hear narrated articles from our News Plus partners. We'll talk with you again tomorrow.